Time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer this morning. And Vaughn, what a surprise. Look what we have to talk about. Yeah, I think we might want to drop the view from Victoria a bit and just go with all Surrey all the time. <laughs> exactly. Because here we go again. And, right. Uh, you know, I, I'm kind of sorry I used the line just when you thought it couldn't get any messier. It got messier on Monday because it got even worse on Tuesday, and here we are on Wednesday, and it got even worse again. So the ethics commissioner is weighed in and basically says the original vote in Surrey last November November, 14th or thereabouts uh, should never have happened because it was a 5-4 vote and one of the councillors who voted to go back to the RCMP had such an obvious conflict of interest that he should have recused himself. So Ron Stutt, come on down. You managed to make this thing even bigger a mess. No kidding, because what's key about that vote is that it was five to four to keep the RCMP. And if Rob Stutt had not voted or not participated in that vote, it would have been four four, which would have been a defeat of that motion. And Theoretically, that would have been the well, yeah. theoretically, that would have been, but that would have been the end and, of it. Uh, would have been the end of it. We might not have had gone through any of this. At least that's the. I'm certainly what the advocates of the Surrey Policing Service will say. Um, but uh, there's a couple of complications. First of all, um, there. <sighs> The requirement that members of council declare a conflict of interest and recuse themselves, it, it, it goes back to votes on property development and things like that, right? It, it, it can lead to a court invalidating a vote, as I understand it. But it's also driven by, you know, we're all honorable people yeah, here. Sense. And we don't do this. But... You know, with this thing, here's the problem. There was another vote. There's been two more votes on the Surrey policing thing. So in December, after receiving a staff report, council voted to send that report to Mike Farnworth for consideration. That vote was six to three. So Stutt hadn't voted in that would have been five to four it still would have happened and then of course last week they re-voted and last week they voted to go to continue the course or council's course go back to the rcmp wind up the surrey policing service that vote was six three as well so the key figure here is mike bose who was a councillor first term back on november the 15th he didn't go for the rcmp Last week he did, so he changed his vote. Well, if you take the changed vote, um, it would have still been 5-4 if Stott had excused himself. Well, I guess it would have been 5-3 because properly he shouldn't have voted either way. He should have just recused himself. So I don't know if he changes anything. I mean, the whole idea of conflict of interest at the municipal level, as I said, it it goes back to the days when, you know, um, it was something a court could overturn the council's decision. But in this case, I don't know what a court would do with this issue. And the other thing is, well, uh, as of last week, there were, well, what, there were six councillors without stat five councillors who wanted uh, to go with the RCMP. So I think the problem is still in my farmer's court. The other thing, of course, is all this ultimately has to be dealt with by the voters. But the next civic election, we're now on a four-year schedule, used to be a two-year schedule, so voters can deal with the thing fairly quickly. Uh, that election is still three years away. Yeah. 
And we don't have recall at the local level, although I'm guessing there's probably some people out there who are going to say we should have recall for cases like this, where a counselor just doesn't get the obvious that is staring him in the face. And we haven't heard from Stutt yet, so maybe he might have something to say about it. Maybe. We'll see. But he hasn't talked about it at all since this no. first came up. So well, I guess and, the key... and let's leave, not leave Brenda Locke out of this equation because she got pretty nasty yesterday. So here's a nasty question for her. Didn't you ever consider the possibility that Stud had a conflict of interest? Like how could you not have known? Your slate. He was part of your slate. He was your majority on council. He was your supporter on this. Were you aware of his conflict? If so, why did you let him vote? And if not, why weren't you aware? All good questions and super valid. And I hope that somebody puts those to her, uh, you know, to get the answer to that. Because it doesn't change things now, as you point out, Vaughn. It it would have changed things back in November dramatically if all of this had been on the table and known and dealt with. So you can't, like, obviously, maybe moving forward, we can say, well, okay, fine. This is the way it is. But it would have been a completely different situation back in November. So Yeah, and, and see me, this has saddled the provincial government, you know, and I'm very critical of the province on many things, and I don't think they've handled this very well. But it's also dumped a problem in the province's lap in a provincial government that has a few other topics to deal with, not including, you know, <laughs> they've, got, they've got a schools problem in Surrey, they've got a a Surrey Memorial Hospital problem in Surrey, and this thing is sucking up all the oxygen in the room at a time when, really, there's a whole bunch of stuff in Surrey that we should be getting on with. No kidding. Okay, so obviously the gift that keeps on giving, more to talk about on that front, but we have to talk about what else is going on here, too, um, and there is a, a, a meeting happening in Whistler today, right, about, about all the provincial ministers, territorial ministers, to deal with the federal government. Yeah, so federal, provincial, territorial, not federal, provincial, territorial ministers meeting in Whistler today uh, to discuss infrastructure needs. Uh, They will be traveling on a fairly impressive piece of infrastructure, the Sea to Sky Highway, which was paid for by the provincial government here. Uh, And the big topic is Ottawa's infrastructure money. The provinces, the territories are looking for more of a say in Ottawa's priorities. They would like, hmm, well, not quite no strings attached, but they would like Ottawa to build what they think they need. They think provinces and territories are better experts on what's needed. Uh, that may be true, but, you know, I don't think Ottawa is going to give up uh, using infrastructure money for its own political purposes. But um, having said that, uh, BC has got some really pressing issues on the table. Premier Eby was asked about it last week, and he said, yes, uh, we have some priorities, and those priorities are, let's see, uh, massive tunnel replacements. So he says, Ottawa has supported the idea in principle, but it hasn't committed to an actual funding schedule. Uh, He says uh, travel infrastructure, transportation infrastructure right across B.C. Uh, B.C. is important to national economy, national trade. The highway in the Fraser Valley, Highway 1, uh, as we discovered last year during the floods, uh, needs significant upgrading to get people moving through British Columbia, to get goods moving to the port of Vancouver, which, as we know, has its own troubles. I also mentioned the port of Prince Rupert. Increasingly, Prince Rupert is the conduit for shipments of stuff from all of Canada to Asia-Pacific, 
he says, you know, the port up there is, is so fragile. Its infrastructure is so fragile, like the wooden water pipes disrupted shipments last year. So that's an issue. Uh, Premier also, you know, B.C. government has been on this for a while. Ottawa distributes its money on a per capita basis. Uh, so you get as many dollars, your share of the national dollars based on your population, and that's 13%. And BC keeps saying, look, we take far more than 13% of the federal government's infrastructure yeah. targets. We get a lot of the growth. A big problem in Surrey, for starters, a huge number of people who come to Canada choose to come to Metro Vancouver. So the province wants a greater sh- a recognition of that in federal sharing of infrastructure dollars, transportation transportation, housing, healthcare, pretty much everything. Okay, so obviously there's a long list here. um, There's no guarantee that the federal government's even going to listen to this list. No, there isn't any particular guarantee. I mean, you know, we talk about a lot of issues with the federal government, and Trudeau has had his troubles, and the federal government has had its troubles, but he had four by-elections this week, right? And there's no change. You know, if Canadians were as up in arms against the Trudeau government as sometimes social media would suggest and question period in Parliament would suggest, you'd think there might have been a switch in those votes. No, uh, there wasn't. And frankly, I think we're probably headed for the same situation in B.C. We've got two by-elections coming up. I don't know anybody who thinks that it's going to be anything other than two more new Democrats elected to fill NDP hell seats in B.C. So, you know, the Canadian government may be angry about any... The Canadian public may be angry about any number of things, and I think legitimately so, but we don't see the kind of tide of public opinion that has swept away governments in the past, whether we're talking about the NDP government in the 1990s or, uh, well, the B.C. Liberals uh, took two elections to do it, but it swept them out of office. And under their new name, I don't see a trend that's going to bring them back yet. Vaughn, thank you very much. Bye-bye, Simi.